want to thank all my listeners um, for listening to episode number 14 of my podcast. Uh, tonight, I've got a very special guest, Christoph Benfi, or as many of you may know him on YouTube, uh, maybe someday. Uh, Christoph, tell us a little bit about yourself and how you got started in YouTube. Yeah, um, well, I am a filmmaker. I kind of have been for as long as I can remember. Um, I've always been playing with cameras of, of some sort. And uh, I started off shooting things like skateboarding with like, all my friends, making skate videos with my friends and stuff like that. And that, you know, evolved into music videos for those same friends who went on to start bands. And, um, and then one thing led to another and then, you know, doing short films and stuff like that. Um, so, and now I get to work in the film industry. I do things like feature films and commercials and, and music videos and stuff like that. But uh, YouTube for me is kind of an outlet. It's somewhere where I'm the only one in charge and there's nobody, you know, I'm not delivering on a specific concept or brief that somebody else came up with. I get to kind of flex my own creative muscles and, uh, and make the kind of stuff I want to make. And it also allows me to um, try things that I probably wouldn't do in a more formal, you know, traditional filmmaking kind of setting. Um, you can kind of, you know, mess around with drones and stuff like that and do stuff that you don't really see in movies usually. So that's a question I've been asking a lot of the YouTubers on my podcast here is YouTube your full-time job. And you kind of touched on that, that you're actually a videographer. Is that yeah, I guess like videographer, cinematographer, um, filmmaker, <laughs> like basically, you know, these days, I think a lot of people wear a lot of hats in the industry. So there isn't necessarily, you know, every day is different for sure. But um, yeah, YouTube for me is still something that I probably spend more money doing than actually making money from. Um, but it's a, uh, it's a night, it's like an essential creative outlet. So my, but my main income comes from yeah movies and, and music videos and stuff like that. And I, I just recently found out, I was watching one of your videos or one of your friend's videos, and it says that you're into FPV drones now. Yeah, that was kind of, uh, I got into it just before COVID happened. Um, yeah, I've kind of wanted to get into it for a while now, but um, I finally pulled the trigger just before Christmas on that. And then because of COVID and being in lockdown for a few months, I had all the time in the world to kind of practice that I probably wouldn't have otherwise had. So it's become kind of an obsession now. And yeah, it's, it's so fun. It's to me, it's like the most fun you can have with a camera. So tell, uh, do you have any tips on someone getting started in the FPV drone world? Uh, I am a drone guy, but it's more the GPS guided drones. And, uh, I'm always nervous to get into the FPV just because I feel like I'm going to wreck the drone and I don't know how to build it again so what's some of your best advice for someone just starting out yeah you you are correct in that you will <laughs> absolutely destroy it <laughs> it's kind of an inevitable thing um and uh there's a few things that are uh, essential when you're first getting started i think uh the main thing is practicing in the simulator a lot like spending literally like hours and hours in the simulator because there's you know no consequences if you crash there you just hit the button you get your back up again so um, practicing in the simulator is probably the most important thing and uh, and then not being afraid to fail like uh, the nice thing is that you can like I think there was a big barrier of entry uh, even a year ago um, because you couldn't buy off-the-shelf FPV drones but you can now and the, the technology has also come a long way and it's a lot more simple than it used to be so the repair process isn't actually as intimidating as you might think. Um, and there's 
great YouTube videos out there for the you know repairs. So, so before you got into FPV, did you know how to solder? I had a soldering iron that was probably you know like five or six dollars from the hobby store. Okay, uh, that wasn't wasn't great. It turns out you need they need to be a lot hotter to be good at soldering. I see. Um, but there's a there's a guy another FPV drone pilot. His name's Mr. Steel. And he has an amazing uh, tutorial on getting started at, with soldering. And I learned so much and from that like half hour tutorial that it took my soldering from complete novice going into this to like being able to do pretty decent solders. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So that, uh, do you think uh, DJI will ever come up with a consumer-based FPV drone in the future? I've, I've got it on good authority that there is one in the works. Okay, good. Oh, that, that's good <laughs> um, yeah. to hear. That's kind yeah, of what so, I've been waiting for this whole time is just someone to come out with something uh, that's mm -hmm. more of a finished product. But even at that, um, I'd be nervous <laughs> to crash that because you know it's going to happen. And what is yeah. that going to look like? Are you going to have to send it back to DJI to get it fixed? Uh, that might be more of a hassle than uh, just building one yourself, I guess. For sure. And, and I will say that like the... It's very intimidating at first, but the rebuild process actually isn't as scary as you probably think. Okay. Well, I'm definitely thinking about getting into it. Hopefully, uh, I can convince myself. Uh, I'm going to have to also get a little more uh, money before I can jump into that because I know it, it gets expensive. Yeah, definitely. Um, one of the other questions I was going to ask you about is on your YouTube channel and even on your Instagram, I noticed that whenever you get a piece of tech, it seems like you take it to the next level. Um, like uh, you got that 360 camera and you were doing all sorts of cool things where you're sweeping through your room and you were everywhere doing something else. And those are the kind of things that intrigue me as someone just beginning, uh, thinking of all the possibilities this new technology uh, can have. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about the process that goes into those videos? Yeah, it's uh, the thing I get excited about when new technology comes out, whether that's 360 cameras or um, FPV drones, is just creating something that people have never seen before. Um, and it's hard to say where those ideas come from because, I mean, you know, when a lot of times when it is something that you haven't seen before, it's like, where does that idea come from? But um, I would say a lot of times the, the freshest ideas are actually just building on something else that you've seen somewhere else, just maybe stretching it a little bit more in one direction. And this new piece of technology allows you to do that. So for example, the 360 video with, with all the different versions of me, that's not really a new concept. Like people have shot wide shots, you know, locked off and had, you know, clones of themselves. It's just exploiting the fact that it's a 360. So you can add all these camera movements to it. So for me, I like to follow other people on Instagram and on YouTube who are doing really interesting stuff. And then, you know, seeing the different ideas that they come up with and then figuring out ways to kind of build on what they're doing. And um, I was talking to a friend of mine who also does really cool Instagram stuff the other day. And uh, he was kind of complaining about somebody who had taken a concept that he had come up with and, and built on it. And then that went viral and, you know, it was oh, like no. picked up by yep. the NBA and stuff. And oh, like, shoot. you know, it was this, this huge <sighs> thing and it was like his idea, but we were saying like, that's cool though, because that's kind of like, you know, even for him, like that original idea probably came from something else that he just built on. It's just a matter of like the right, you know, time and place for it to become palatable for it to go viral. Um, 
but yeah, I think as long as you're constantly looking at people who are pushing the boundaries and, and thinking, you know, trying to think that way, then, you know, anyone can really come up with cool ideas like that. It is uh, interesting, you know, it's probably a form of flattery that it was stolen, those ideas, I guess. But that's the thing I like about your channel is there's so much uh, regurgitating different ideas in the YouTube world. And it seems like every time you come out with a video, I'm seeing something totally original, something new. And that's what, uh, that really gets my brain moving, even like the uh, space elevator effect. I was trying to do that in Final Cut Pro without any plugins. And I ended up spending way too much time on that, but, uh, it ended up just being a fun project. And it, like you said, it branches your mind off in different areas where you feel like, Oh, maybe I could do something like this in the future, you know? And so, um, how about the space elevator effect? Uh, I know, I know you say in your, uh, I don't know if it's Instagram that a perfect loop is important to you. And, uh, I was showing my wife your Instagram uh, the other day. And I said, try and watch this clip just once. I said, it is impossible. <laughs> it's just, uh, it's addicting. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah, no, I think that's kind of a way to stop people from just scrolling past. Cause I think that's what happens a lot of time on Instagram and I'm totally guilty of it too. So I try to be one of the people who, if you're just scrolling past and you, maybe you pause for a second on mine, but then you end up getting sucked in. Um, and I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. But that's just kind of my goal with Instagram posts is to kind of hold people's attention for a little bit longer than, you know, five or 10 seconds. I, I have to ask, cause my wife was wondering, what's the deal with the, uh, guy on top of the smokestack? <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, yeah. What, what <laughs> went behind creating that? <laughs> yeah. So we got that idea, um, in After Effects, there we saw a video um, talking about the new Roto Brush, which is essentially what it does is it kind of draws an outline around a subject and then masks them out of the rest of the frame, so you can kind of isolate isolate them and put them somewhere else. And um, we were we wanted to try it out, but we also wanted to do something that wasn't just you know something boring um, and that kind of like caught people's attention again and that smokestack thing is uh, attached to the building that my studio is in and we've shot stuff you know with that before and always kind of thought about oh it'd be cool if you could climb up there and like sit on the edge or something <laughs> and uh, so then when we saw this roto brush thing we were like oh this is the perfect chance to try out the roto brush um, but also like make a piece of content that will kind of make people scratch their heads or sweat or whatever so it's it's not real it's uh we posted like a bts clip on the instagram reels because that was a okay thing that yep. just came out um, but because it's a new thing i don't think a lot of people saw the the real thing but it's in there um and it kind of shows the process of how we did that but for the first couple of days we just let it sit there so that you know, people could wonder whether it was real or not. We actually got a call from the owner of the building uh, <laughs> wondering, like, she was like, I know you guys do video, like, special effects and stuff, <laughs> but I just, and I really want to hope that this isn't real. Is it real? And I was like, uh, no, it's not yep. real. <laughs> Mission accomplished. You definitely had me yeah. scratching my head and, and my wife. Oh, it nice. was just like, uh, oh, man, <laughs> this can't be possible. <laughs> but oh, I think awesome. I watched, uh, I think it's, his name is Matthew Paquette. Um, yeah. post a video on time. using that same tool, uh, okay. for the, he flicked, uh, soccer ball. I think that was the same thing. Maybe it was something different, but, uh, yeah, I just, uh, brought it to mind there. I think so. 
Yeah, no, I saw the I saw his post on that, but I didn't see the the video showing how he did it. But probably that was yeah. It's kind of uh, changing the game because rotos rotoscoping used to be really tedious before, and this new tool, it's almost like wizardry how well it works. Oh, that's so. awesome! I mean, anything to save time is great news. <laughs> well, uh, that smokestack is probably a good transition into the main topic here. Um, hopefully most of my listeners have seen your video on your new project coming up, but, uh, take us through that and what went into the process. Right. Yeah. So, uh, what we're trying to create is essentially a hub for filmmakers in our city. Um, I've been based out of, I, I'm not from the city originally, but I came here about 10 or 11 years ago and I found it really difficult as a, you know, an aspiring filmmaker to connect with other people. Um, and then, you know, Facebook and Instagram and things like that came along and made it easier to connect with people all over the world, but it's still really difficult to connect with people around you. And uh, filmmaking is such a collaborative um, like endeavor. You really do need other people around you, whether it's even just coming up with ideas or, or um, you know, like getting ideas for stuff, but also to execute it, you just need a, a big group of people. Um, and so if you don't have those people, it can be really intimidating when you're just starting out and not knowing, you know, what the next steps are. So we spent a long time looking for the right space because there are co-working spaces here. But um, as you know, like filmmakers, we have very specific needs in terms of soundproofing and you really want ceiling height. And, you know, a big bonus would be being able to drive a vehicle into the space so you can unload all your equipment. Um, and so we, we spent a long time trying to find the right place to make that happen. And we had our heart broken a few times um, along the way. But when we found this building, it kind of checked all the boxes for us. Um, and it was like the perfect size um, to kind of house this dream that we've had. And basically what we want it to become is a hub. So um, it'll have things like a studio, uh, it'll have several studios ranging in size. Um, and, uh, and then it'll have offices and co-working areas so that people can rent a space there and, and kind of set up their, their enterprise. Um, it'll have things that appeal to filmmakers like edit suites that will be rentable and sound recording rooms. Uh, we recently decided to put a podcast room in there because obviously podcasts are becoming awesome. you know, really popular. Um, so all the kinds of things that filmmakers are looking for in a facility, um, it'll be there and it'll be affordable for you know, people who are kind of like at my level or, or lower. Um, and then we also wanted it to feel welcoming to people who might not be able to afford a desk or an office there. So that was where the idea for putting a coffee shop in the one corner was, um, with a bunch of public space attached to it. So even, you know, stu film students or newcomers or people who might not be able to afford or be ready to make that jump to having an office or a space in the building, they can still feel welcome to walk through the door and interact and connect with other filmmakers. So... Yeah, we found we found the perfect building. We, you know, basically started just before COVID started. We got started on construction and then COVID happened and, you know, kind of put a bit of a dent in things, but we're back up and running now and hoping to uh, to get things up and running by next spring, basically. I saw your video and I was super excited because, <clears throat> excuse me, um, it's, it's very interesting to me that you say that it takes a bunch of people to produce videos. Um, just getting into YouTube, uh, I'm the only person in my area that I know of who does this kind of thing. And uh, I would love to have a place like that to go to to pick people's brains on different techniques, uh, 
lighting, all that kind of stuff. So um, I saw this and I thought, oh, I definitely have to reach out to see if he'd come on my show to talk about this because it, it, it's just so exciting uh, for uh, not only me, I'll probably never even get to go there, but uh, it, it seems like for people in your area, I'm sure you're going to be producing some very quality uh, videos and podcasts and everything. So um, right now, do you have people signed up to uh, have offices already or are you looking or? Yeah. So part of the reason we did the launch video was to kind of collect interest from people. And um, before I, I officially announced that I'd been talking to friends and stuff in the area and yeah, it's, it's basically at capacity. Like we're, we have lots of interest in it and there's you know only so much space inside, but we also have room to grow. Um, and kind of going back to what you said too, um, there, I think people are gonna benefit who are just getting started, but I also think you know established filmmakers will benefit from having people walk through the door who are you know eager to learn and eager to work. Um, so I, I think it's gonna benefit people across the spectrum and, and the interest that we've gotten from it kind of reflects that. Like we've had people who are interested in having space there. We have people who are interested in volunteering. Um, we've heard from like well-established filmmakers who want to offer mentorship to some of the people that we walking through the door. So the, the interest that we've gotten kind of runs the gamut of the kind of people that we hope that this building will um, yeah, attract. So yeah, it's been overwhelmingly positive. And I think the idea pool that's going to be there is just going to be overwhelming. I mean, all these different creators with different ideas, bouncing them off each other. Uh, I think it's going to be amazing. Uh, so as far as the coffee shop goes, is that you said that's open to anyone? Yeah. So once uh, that once we get that up and running, basically, that'll be just like any coffee shop in any city where it's, you know, anyone can walk through the door and grab a coffee and then there'll be a big seating area um, to accommodate them. And they don't, I mean, they don't even have to buy a coffee. They don't want to, but they definitely don't have to be paying for space in the building to go and enjoy that and take advantage of it. Is there going to be a space in the coffee shop where some of the artists can sell some of their, uh, I don't know if they sell prints or if they have uh, merchandise. Um, Yeah, for sure. I think we'll, there will definitely be a gallery element to it just because it's such a, a large space and there's a lot of you know real estate on the walls um so there'll probably be tvs that maybe showcase like this is stuff that we still have to you know figure out but um it'd be great if there was like tvs that kind of showcase the work of different people that are in there uh ideally there's like a massive like cork board thing with all the various things that are going on in the film industry in this in the area so that people can kind of you know if there's a need for production assistance or camera assistance or whatever it's like all posted there and people can kind of um get a feel for what's happening and and uh and then artwork on the walls and yeah maybe a store too like i'm not sure uh, we'll, we'll, it'll depend on i guess the kind of people that are in there and what what kind of products that they're selling but yeah i saw someone comment on the video that you had giving the tour uh is this your maybe someday and i thought oh that's kind of a cool comment uh is has this been your dream for a long time to do something like this yeah definitely it it's it was a dream when we started the youtube channel um and that is kind of i mean overarching theme that we wanted that youtube channel to have like when i started that youtube channel i wasn't yet um shooting feature films um I was still kind of in the wedding world and not that there's anything wrong with shooting weddings, but to me, it was always a bit of a means to an end and, um, in corporate videos and stuff like that. 
And uh, the maybe someday was kind of just reflective of this like hopeful attitude that someday we'll get to be doing the stuff that we like dreamt of doing when we first picked up a camera. Because I think for a lot of people it is, you know, narrative, it's feature films and music videos and things like that where you can be really creative um, with a camera. So uh, that was kind of where the name came from. And I guess probably the studio was a part of that. Um, definitely like it's, it's a dream that I've had for a long time. So, yeah. Well, and with any dreams, I'm sure there's a certain level of being nervous getting into this, uh, on a scale of one to 10, how nervous are you going into this endeavor? Yeah, I, I feel like I'm the kind of person, um, maybe it's a defect in my brain where I don't really <laughs> get overwhelmed too easily. Um, and this is a huge undertaking for sure. Um, and, you know, we still have a lot of things to work out. Like we don't have all of our financing in place yet. But um, what was funny was when we launched the video, I, I think leading up to this, I kind of just always expected everything was going to work. And I've kind of been maybe too optimistic about everything. Um, but when we launched the video and I started to see all the responses come in and I realized like, oh, okay, now people actually know about this dream. <laughs> it's not just like, you know, if it doesn't work out before this announcement, like nobody would really know we were ever trying to do this thing, but now, now you're stuck. You know, <laughs> now we're, now we're doing it and everybody knows about it and I'm, you know, coming on podcasts and talking about it. So if it doesn't somehow work out and I think that kind of like that feeling sort of overwhelmed me and I was um, up at a cabin when we launched the video because I kind of wanted to just be able to put it out in the world and then take a day or two to let things kind of like marinate and then kind of come back to reality and and face the music so to speak but um, I just remember for like a couple hours that day I was just like it really sunk in and hit me and uh, it was pretty overwhelming for a minute just thinking about like how big of a project this is going to be but at the same time, like just all of the overwhelming amount of support that was coming in kind of balanced it out and, and reminded me that like, it's not just my crazy idea. I think a lot of people are going to get behind this and, uh, and just make sure that it happens now. It's, it's bigger than me. So uh, you say it's bigger than you. Do you have a team helping you out in this whole process or is most of the hard work done just by you? It's uh, unofficially, I have a, a pretty big team. Yeah. Okay. So I have yep. a good, a good solid group of friends who have kind of, you know, been good sounding boards for the various ideas and, and have like looked at the different buildings with me. Um, and the, my friends, I have friends that work in construction and they're the ones that are, you know, overseeing a lot of that and, and doing the actual work in the building. So it's, um, so, so they're, you know, doing a lot of that heavy lifting the, the guy who's kind of financing the project right now is a really good friend of mine who, who really believes in me and the ideas that I have. So I'm definitely surrounded by a lot of like good people who are helping me stay on the right path with it. Um, I've just, I guess, fallen into being the face of the project because it's kind of a lot of, I've taken a lot of the initiative to make it happen, but I've relied heavily on a lot of other people to actually like see it through and realize it. Well, uh, I don't think you have anything to worry about. I think it's going to be an amazing idea. I can't wait to see the finished product and see what uh, people produce out of this place. Uh, and you went with a pretty cool name, I thought, too, at the end. You were calling it the Evil Empire. I thought yeah. uh, that's something totally different than the corporate world, and uh, I think it's kind of neat. Yeah, that was a, it started off as a joke because, I mean, uh, in the city just because of, I've done a lot of commercials for the city and I've, I'm 
kind of make my way around and, and people really know who I am here. So I just thought it's like, it's the exact opposite of that <laughs> yep. really, but which just made it that much more uh, of a joke. And um, perfect. <laughs> when, when we registered the corporation, we just thought it would be funny to write checks to people from the evil empire. <laughs> and then we were like, Oh, we'll come up with a different name down the road. But then more and more people like really liked the idea. Oh no, so you got to keep uh, that. That's awesome. <laughs> it's the evil empire. Yep, it's, that's it's sweet. Empire. And you also said in the video, it has ties to Tesla. I, I don't know if you want to go into that because I don't know if you've posted that on any of your other stuff, but. Uh, yeah, we, I mean, so the only reason we haven't gone into full detail yet is because there's so much history in that building. It would require a video all of its own, but um, just like a, I guess like a, the Coles notes of it is that it, it was the first uh, hydro building in North America. Um, so we're close to Niagara Falls, which was a huge source of hydropower. Yep. Um, and in the late 1800s, I think it was 1898, uh, they basically had just finished running lines from Niagara Falls all the way to Hamilton to this building. And there was AC equipment in the building that converted that energy into alternating current electricity using Nikola Tesla's equipment. So um, as what, from what we've heard anyways, from the local chapter of the Nikola Tesla Society, is that it was the first uh, building in North America to house Nikola Tesla's equipment. And it kind of set the precedent for uh, hydroelectric electricity across North America. Oh, that's amazing. Um, <laughs> that's so, awesome. Yeah. And they, they're, they're, they have a, inklings that uh, he may have stepped foot in the building because his equipment was there. Um, but we're obviously waiting to find, you know, photo evidence of that. Before oh, that'd we, be sweet. You know, officially make any announcements, but I don't think it's going to, you know, affect things at the end of the day, but it's just like a cool piece of history. Oh, that's a great that, piece of history. You know? And, uh, I bet you're kind of happy in the long run. Now you said a few of the other places fell through. I bet you're happy now that those fell through. So you didn't jump on board with those oh, yeah. when you can find something that's so perfect with such a rich history. Um, yeah. I bet you're just pumped about that. Oh yeah. When this one really checks off all the boxes, all the other ones, even though, you know, they were, were kind of heartbreaks they still weren't perfect like this one was. And, you know, everything from the, the layout of the building and the area, it's very accessible by public transit and by bicycle and stuff. So that was really important to me. Um, and the landlords are amazing, which is, you know, a real blessing. So um, it's literally, it checks off every single box perfectly. So yeah, I, I would have been, I would have been pretty, uh, pretty ticked if I found out about this building after we had, you know, signed yeah. on somewhere else or something. Well, everything so. happens for a reason. Someone was looking out for you there. So that's pretty yeah. cool when stuff like this just works out. Totally. Well, before I let you go, I always have this little segment at the end of my podcast where I just ask random questions or just quick hitting questions. Uh, awesome. All right. We'll get right into that. What is more cool. satisfying to you, creating a new video or finding a new recording technique? Hmm. Hmm. I guess I would say finding a new technique. Yeah. I think that, you know, having fresh ideas is, is kind of one of the things that make me most excited. So yeah, definitely. Favorite food. Ooh, that's a tough one. I pizza. <laughs> yeah. Good Straight choice. I, that's my favorite food yeah. as well. Yeah. iPhone or Android. I'm an iPhone guy. Okay, yeah. good. Me too. I, uh, I can't stand when people text me and, uh, it's the you little green have... box instead of the blue yeah. box. So, <laughs> so I feel bad saying it, but it's so true. <laughs> and that's such a little thing. It should mean nothing, but <laughs> Mac totally. or PC? 
Uh, I'm a Mac guy. I almost did a PC build on okay. my last editing machine, but then at the end of the day, I was just like, oh, I just want to keep it all in the same ecosystem. And I love being able to airdrop little videos from my yes. computer to my phone so I can yep. post them. And those little conveniences were enough to make me, you know, spend the extra money and go with the Mac. And that's interesting. Uh, it'd be awesome if you started making some Final Cut Pro uh, tutorials. I know you use a Premiere. <laughs> But uh, mm -hmm. I know a lot of your stuff I'm always trying to transfer over into Final Cut. But uh, have you ever thought of switching? Yeah, so I share a studio with Jesse Driftwood, who I'm sure you uh, you and your listeners are aware of. And he, it, being one of the best editor I, editors that I know, is a Final Cut editor. Yep. Um, and so we're constantly berating each other, you know, for our editors, editing software choices. But um, to me, it's, you know, and I think at the end of the day, it's all jokes aside, we would both say whatever software, you know, makes you happy is the one to go with. Um, and there are a lot of appeals to Final Cut, but just the idea of learning something that basically does something that I already, you know, have software that does is um, when you don't have a lot of time to learn new software, I probably never will. <laughs> I suppose it's just the speed yeah. of things too, huh? That's, mm -hmm. and I guess that was funny because, uh, that's how I, uh, I was looking for someone who edited in Final Cut to look up videos. And back when you were doing your videos and I was trying to transfer over, that's how I found Jesse Driftwood. So that was, uh, oh, no I had no idea that you two were connected in any way. So that's, uh, yeah. it was kind of cool that way. And I, I'll say too, like to your point about, you know, watching my tutorials in Premiere and then trying to do it, I think you can actually learn so much from that process when it's not all laid out perfectly for you and you kind of have to fill in some of the, the blanks yourself. So it's very true. Not necessarily. It's uh, yeah. some of those th times that I've been trying to do that I've grown the most for my editing. So I, you're very true on or That's very right. Um, in your dream scenario would uh, who would be your favorite YouTuber to move into the evil empire? Um, I mean, I, I, feel pretty fortunate to be sharing a studio with Jesse. I think our uh, personalities like work really well with each other. Um, and he is coming with me to the evil. Empire, okay, good. So. I, I, fig I figured. <laughs> um, I think it'd be cool if somebody like Casey Neistat, obviously yes, yep. a lot of, a lot of us YouTubers, um, it'd be cool if somebody like him stopped by at some point, if he was ever in the area. Um, and that really goes out to any YouTubers. Like that's the whole point of having this coffee shop thing is uh, like anybody from any YouTube channel is welcome anytime. But, but yeah, I feel pretty, pretty stoked to have uh, Jesse as a studio mate. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. I, and I think uh, just to bounce off your idea, I think Casey Neistat, everyone I talked to, it seems like he's the guy who kind of got him interested in YouTube. And mm -hmm. uh, that'd be awesome if you guys could do a collaboration sometime. I don't, maybe you guys already have, I don't know, but uh, I have not had the, have not? the pleasure. No. Well, uh, no. That'll ha maybe have someday. to happen sometime. Yeah. Maybe someday. That's <laughs> right. Yep. Yeah. All right. Favorite piece of tech in 2020. In 2020, uh, well, that's got to be the FPV drones. Okay. <laughs> They're like, yeah, I know it's, I mean, it's, people are probably starting to get tired of seeing all the FPV drone footage on the internet, but it's honestly, it's so fun that uh, I'm not going to be my favorite for a long time. To me, that never gets old. And it seems like uh, that drone footage is some of the best videography uh, that I've ever seen. Um, it's, it's really interesting, like beautiful looking at it, but it's also just so fun. Like it's, 
it makes flying drones so fun. So this yeah, is kind of off subject and away from my uh, little segment here, but uh, okay. how, how's the remote ID situation look for Canada? Do you have that? Yeah, I've been sort of loosely following along just because a lot of the FPV gurus that I follow um, are in the States. And so they're kind of going through that right now. Yep. Um, and it, it doesn't seem like, I mean, at the moment, there's no legislation that looks like anything close to similar to that here. So that's good. Okay, good. But, yep. uh, but Canada does like to copycat your legislators in a lot of ways. So if it if it ends up, you know, kind of getting pushed through there, then it may um be something that they they look at here too and i don't think it's an all bad thing it's just uh i hope they have a way where fpv drone users can still fly i mean uh it would be Mm -hmm. such a shame to lose that industry because i think uh, some of the best things are coming from the fpv drone flyers Mm -hmm. and it's nice too there's a lot of people that are you know really lobbying now to make sure that that uh you know, that history pans out properly. So hopefully yep. they win. I hope, uh, I hope they get this one right because it, uh, yeah. it's a big deal. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. All right. Do you watch the NFL? Uh, not, I don't go out of my way to watch it, but my, one of my good friends and my next door neighbor is a huge, I feel almost silly saying it, but he's a huge Patriots fan. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, so you know, when they're in the Super Bowl, which is almost every year, I become a, an NFL fan. All right. To, well, you know, support him and hang out. My next question was, who would you choose, Vikings or Packers? <laughs> uh, I'm going to go with the Packers because I'm pretty oh. sure it's the Packers that I get confused. Like people say I look like the Q- the QB on the Packers. I oh, Aaron Rodgers. There you go. Yeah, yeah. there's a Aaron similarity Rogers, there. So. Yep. Yep. When my beard is a little more full. I'm so, uh, yeah. I'm a big Vikings fan, so and that's their oh, biggest shoot. rival. So I was like, ah, answer that. Oh, I'm glad we, we, we got that out of the way. Yeah, the right. Yeah, right. Yep, that's exactly right. <laughs> All right. What is the video or project you're most proud of to date? Jeez. Hmm. I mean, I think right now I would probably say the Evil Empire building. I think because it'll just benefit so many people and it's the to me it's the most unique thing that I've ever worked on like I've worked on feature films and stuff but so have lots of people but but this feels like something that will hopefully be unique and also maybe set a precedent so that places like you know somebody in your city might be able to look at this model one day and be like oh if it worked well there maybe it could work here so to me that's like yeah the thing I'm the most proud of right now that I I really hope uh we can see it through to fruition and, and that it maintains all of the things that we're hoping it will be. I think it will. You have nothing to worry about. It's going to be awesome. <laughs> it's uh, oh, thanks dude. Um, and I also looked up your uh, Hamilton video and mm-hmm. that absolutely blew me away as well. Uh, how long did something like that take to put together? Um, which one are you? Referring uh, the, to? It was a Hamilton, uh, just kind of, uh, the secrets out is, Oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, the secrets. Out. So yep. that was over two years of filming. I believe. It. Um, and, um, it was, I mean, the budget obviously didn't really allow for that, but the fact that I live here and basically they were like, Oh, you know, we'll make sure you get passes to go to all the things that are happening throughout the city. Um, and at the time I didn't have, I wasn't as nearly as busy as I am now. So that was really appealing. And it also allowed me to explore, it kind of forced me to explore my own city in ways that I might not have otherwise and take advantage of some of the things that I didn't really even know existed. So, um, yeah, that was about two years of filming, um, across various different cameras. And, um, 
so the city I live in, Hamilton, uh, people kind of jokingly say it's Toronto's Brooklyn because it's, okay. you know, kind of like the, the next door neighbor, it's, it's just down the road. Um, and it's not as fancy as Toronto, I guess we'll say. Um, and it's very much a blue collar town, but because it was so affordable here, there was, there's always been a lot of artists here and there's been, you know, we have really good close proximity to nature as you see in the video. Um, but the, the other thing we have is all these factories. And if you're driving along the highway, you kind of only just see the factories. Um, so people who aren't from here, you know, the joke is that we're just like the armpit of Canada and, you know, it's just a big factory town. But if you actually go in, you know, behind the factories, you can see that it's a, a beautiful city full of artists and nature. Um, and, and around the time we released that video, there was really this feeling like the mentality around the city was starting to shift. Um, and people outside of the city were starting to understand that or see that there's uh, beautiful spots and kind of doing weekend trips out here and stuff. And so what was once a, you know, a barren hiking trail would now have like a busload of people get dropped off. And all of a sudden you're just like, oh, this isn't my secret spot anymore. So it really felt like the secret about this place is out and like people are starting to find out about it. So that was why we decided to go with that. Well, the secret's out. That's here. very cool. I knew nothing about Hamilton before this podcast and before I started looking into uh, the videos you created. And I thought after watching that, I thought, man, I'd like to take a vacation there someday. You know, it, it looked very gorgeous. Looked yeah, like a destination a, spot. There's a lot of hidden gems. You just kind of have to know where to look. Yeah. All right. Last one. Have you ever been to North Dakota? And have you ever heard of Valley City? I don't believe I have. I've been to quite a few American cities. We like as a kid, we would drive from Toronto down to Florida and, uh, you know, like North oh, Carolina, wow. South Carolina, yep. Virginia. So we drove, but I don't think I've, and I've been to a lot of places on the West coast and even like Missouri and, um, and, uh, Nashville. So, and I've driven to all of those places. So okay. if I, if I, but I don't North, I know one thing for sure is North Dakota has never been a destination. Right. But, yeah. That's, uh, <laughs> I may have driven, I may have driven through it and that's not to say it's not worthy of being a destination. I just, uh. I haven't had a reason to go yet. Out of all the people I've talked to on my podcast, I think uh, maybe a handful have heard of it, and and one of them lives here as well. So, or oh, nice. a couple of them live here as well. So, uh, uh, I don't know if you know uh, Russ with Fifty One Drones, or if you've seen his channel at all. But uh, I've heard of it, yeah. Um, he's uh, located in North Dakota on the other side of the state, but uh, it's it's cool that there's another YouTuber in the state that uh, I've talked yeah. to anyway. But uh, well, I want to thank you for taking time out of your very busy schedule to uh, come onto the podcast. Hopefully we can have you on again in the future, maybe after everything's uh, complete and you're rolling with the evil empire and uh, give, give us a little update on that. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much for having me on. This was, this was great. I want to thank you guys for listening to tonight's episode of Preston Jensen's podcast. Uh, I kind of get a kick out of Chris Saf when he said that the Evil Empire name came out of a, it was kind of a joke because it's totally opposite of what the actual place is. But I kind of thought that's just like uh, how I named my podcast, Preston Jensen's Podcast, although that is exactly what it is. Uh, it's just kind of a joke. And uh, so uh, like Christoph with the Evil Empire, uh, Preston Jensen's podcast is going to stick. And uh, this was a fun one tonight. Uh, I had a lot of fun talking to Christoph. 
Um, I've been watching his videos for quite a while. Uh, he's got some of the most uh, interesting editing skills that I've seen on YouTube. And like I said in this podcast, it seems like anytime he comes up with a video, I'm going to learn something new and something 100% original. Even though, like he said in the video, he's taken ideas from other people that he's seen and formed them into his own ideas. And I think that's very important for YouTube creators. Uh, thanks again for listening. Uh, check the description below. I'm going to have a link to the video with the Evil Empire uh, being revealed by Kristoff and uh, probably his Instagram as well. So check out the description uh, for the links. And thank you guys for listening and stay tuned in the future. Thank you.